All right. Well, look, going to open the Word tonight. We're going to look in the Gospel of Matthew. But just to start off, just a little bit of a, I don't know, to get us thinking a little bit. Um, I don't know if you've ever been like on the outskirts of a conversation or maybe sitting at like a presentation ceremony and somebody's talking about somebody and they're listing off like characteristics of this person and you start to twig your ear and you're like, is this person talking to me? Are they talking about me? Whether it's at, you know, sport or work, you know, like an end of year work celebration or something like that, like they give out like employee of the year awards or something like that. What I'm thinking of is my, um, you know, cricket presentation, end of year cricket presentation. They do these big awards and they start to do this anonymous spiel of the characteristics of the person who's going to win the award, but they don't tell you the name until the end. So it gets everyone's, it really flatters you because you're like, oh, wow, they're talking about me. Or it's tricking you, right? It's like this. This award goes to an amazing cricketer, but also an amazing person. And you just think, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm not that, that, that good at cricket, but I feel like I'm you know, pretty good. He's barely missed a match. True, I've only missed like two games. He hasn't taken the most wickets, but he's taken one at the most critical stages of the match. And you think back to that one that you think maybe you were a part of, you know? He's got more runs on the board than Usain Bolt. And you're like, yeah, no, my average is about 9, 10. He runs, you know, the world record in less than 10. It's about right. He works his fielding magic in the slips, diving, defending, and sledging the opponent, opponent team back into the match. It must be me. So you get ready, you know, like the drum roll happens and you get to stand up. And the cricketer of the year goes to Jimmy Jenkins. And you're like, oh, Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thought it was me. Definitely not me. That hope, right? Tonight, we're going to look deeply at one of Jesus' most familiar and powerful announcements. It's the announcement of God's greatest and most significant prize of all, His kingdom. And the big question tonight is the same one I was asking back at my under-15 cricket presentation. Is it for me? Is it for me? Listen to these words in Matthew's Gospel. In chapter 5 it says, One day, as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up onto the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach them. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, 
for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. These are the Beatitudes. What on earth is Jesus saying? 2,000 years ago, the Sermon on the Mount, and this is the beginning of that sermon from Matthew 5, 6, and 7, were spoken on a pretty random field, which will come up at some point if it hasn't already, in northern Israel. Boom. Look at that field. How good's that field? Nice sea of Galilee in the background there. Grass. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but we're going to wind the clock back and use our imaginations, no pun intended, to better understand this significant announcement which took place on a random hill. Now, some of this stuff that I'm about to cite comes from this guy named Tim Mackey who does this thing called the Bible Project, in particular from their parable series, and I just wanted to acknowledge that. But I've adapted it into more of a story format, okay, to get some of this information across. So I'm not looking to, like, add anything into the story, okay? I know what the Scriptures say about that. Gospels are complete. They're all we need. But to really understand what this passage is saying, I feel like we need to go back to that time, okay? But I want the storytelling to help bring these Beatitudes to life tonight. I want you to hear the story as Matthew intended for you to hear it, because God inspired Matthew to write it. And I'm not looking to add, as I've already said, but I want you to hear it the way that it was intended to be heard. Because God chose these people that he mentions here in the crowd to be the first hearers of his kingdom for a reason. And when we understand them, we can understand where we fit into this kingdom story. So are you with me on this? Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. So let's go back in time. You're a Galilean, around 30 AD. Yosef or Rachel? Joseph or Rachel? You take your choice. It's a bummer that Sam Morley couldn't be here tonight, but his sandals that he's most likely wearing would be a footwear of choice. Okay? You probably converted the formal dining tablecloth into your daily wear, okay? You're in a farming family, most likely. You're living on family land. And you've had this land in the family uninterrupted for centuries, aside from a few exiles and foreign superpowers. But the land's been yours, or at least part of your family's. And your life revolves around three things. Your family, your fields, and your synagogue. <laughs> I was going to say faith, but I just thought I'd mix it up. <laughs> your daily news feed, to keep it relevant, is the Torah. <laughs> but you don't read it, you know it. And you sing it, 
and you talk about the stories in the fields. You tell it to your kids every single morning, every single night. You tell yourself it while you're threshing wheat or doing whatever you're doing. And you remember the work of God, the work through the kings, the, the trials of your ancestors, everything that we read today in the Old Testament. So you remember your ancestors, you remember their mistakes that they made, you remember God's blessing, and you remember it because you're literally working on the land that is a promised blessing. It's a promise kept by God, and as you work the fields, you're reminded of it. And all of this brings you hope of the promised Messiah. And the truth is, you need hope. Because once your harvest is done for the day, you've loaded up the wagon with some wheat and you take it to the tax collector's booth in town. For the last 40 years, for, for your whole life that you remember, the Romans have spread out all along through your region. And today, there's a tax collector He's a Jewish traitor, someone who you know is part of the family, but he's sold himself out. He's going to require everything that's on that wagon, and he's going to tell you to come back again tomorrow and the next day with some more. And they're heavy-handed, and they're excessive, they're rude. The soldiers that surround him, they push you away, they whip your back like you're the donkey that's carrying the, the wagon. And you feel like you're just a servant of the empire. You're not a man made in the image of God that you know about in Genesis. There's a, there's a feeling of just, I'm not human. And as you're walking away, you realize with a bit of dread what this increase in the tax this year could mean for you in the coming months. Because a few months ago, two of your cousins, they had to actually sell the plot of their family land to pay off their debt. But the thing is, they still live on that land, they still work that land, but now they've got a Roman landlord who he has to feed now as well as pay his own tax for his family to live on that land. The taxes were too heavy, the burden was too heavy. And so he had to make a choice, the cousins. Sell the family lands or sell yourself and become a bondservant. Be at the will of the master. Be sent wherever, you, wherever you're taken. But you have to make the choice. Your family depends on it. You've got to make the choice. So, you can see that life is pretty hard. Life is about food. Amen. Harvests. Farming planting, bosses, <laughs> landlords, taxes, money, power struggles, injustices, wrongs, and hope. And just as you get back to your land with your empty wagon, your tired legs, your whipped back, and your broken Sam Morley sandal, Another one of those Jewish rabbis comes to your town and says this. Repent of your sins and turn to God, 
for the kingdom of heaven is near. Now, this is not too uncommon. Rabbis would come around all the time with their fledgling young men disciples. But this guy is different. He's got a huge crowd that's following him. And he's talking differently from the other guys. He's not just sharing nuggets of wisdom. He's not just talking this powerful, you know, Pharisee power trip insecurity. He's talking from a place of real authority. He's talking hope. And the crowd that's around is a really weird mix of people. It's sick people. And it's people who are claiming that they were once sick and were healed by this guy. And you say to someone in the crowd, what's happening? And you find this out. Now this guy, Jesus, traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he was healing every kind of disease and illness. Are you still with me? Because we're going to get up here now to this, the Beatitudes that I read earlier on. So he moves on outside of your town, but you know, you've got nothing else to do. And there's a tangible excitement in the air, so you follow him. There's people in the crowd in pursuit of him. They're begging, they're excited, they're desperate, they're filled with hope. And he gets to this random field that we put up, and there's a rock there, and he takes the position of authority. He sits down on a rock like a king sits on a throne. And he says this. Now, I'm going to say something here, which the Bible didn't record that Jesus said, but it's how these Beatitudes, I think, would have been heard by people in the crowd. Okay, so bear with me. It'll make sense once I do the first one. Shout out to the rain too. All right. Hey, you, you poor fishermen. I've seen what the Romans have done to your family. I see your empty pockets. I see your empty nets day in and day out. But I know you've been singing in your boats. And I know the person you've been singing about. Guess what? God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Repent of your sins and turn to me for the kingdom of heaven is near. Hey you, poor woman. I know what the Roman soldiers have done. They worked your husband to the bone and you're mourning his death. Know this, God blesses those who mourn for they will be comforted. Repent of your sins and turn to me for the kingdom of heaven is here. Hey, all of you, you've been living under these evil Romans peacefully. You've humbled yourselves. You've tried your best to keep God's laws and your land has been stolen from you. Well, don't worry. God blesses those who are humble for they will inherit the whole earth. Repent of your sins. Turn to me for the kingdom of heaven is here. Hey, you, 
young skinny man with the sword. <laughs> I know you haven't got enough money to feed yourself. I know you're hungry. I know you're thirsty. And I know what you want to use that sword for. That's on the side. But put it down, my friend, because I've got some good news for you. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. To everyone here who's had to put up with the Romans messing with your family and you've extended mercy, good news. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. For those who've tried their best to keep God's law only to have the Pharisees exert ridiculous rituals and rules upon you, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. Here I am. For those who've been helping your brother hold his tongue and hold back his fists, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called children of God. To my precious people who've been slapped and whipped for obeying the Torah and obeying the Romans at the same time, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is yours. And then he pauses and he looks out and he locks eyes on you, the Galilean farmer, in the temperature of the day, with everything you've just experienced that morning or that afternoon. And he says this, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. And now in that moment, when you hear those words, it's like the penny drops. Your entire life makes sense. The fear, the hard work, the struggle, the sacrifice, the hustle, this hope that you've had, this hope that's, there's no reason to explain it because everything else looks how it looks and yet there's this hope, this hope that's there and it leads you to utter these words. This is for me. This is for me. He's talking about me. He's inviting me. He's got this precious thing for me. Why me? I'm just a farmer. I'm not powerful in the world. I'm not useful that much. And yet he's got this kingdom for me and he's extending it to me. All right, the flashback's over, guys. We're back in 2021, sorry to say that. But maybe you identify with the story of Rachel or Yosef. Are you broken? Are you mourning? Are you poor, whether in pockets or in your soul? Are you in need of God and you don't even realize it? Or do any of these beatitudes that have read out hit a nerve or hit something in you? 
Can I say not to ignore that? I genuinely believe it's the Spirit of God working through His Word to highlight something to you tonight. Or maybe you're not poor, but you spend your riches on the poor and you understand their lowly position. Or maybe you aren't mourning, but you comfort those who have been mourning lately. Let me tell you this tonight, guys. Our church that we're building tonight, hallelujah, exists on the firm conviction that this announcement is for everyone, everywhere. Everyone, everywhere. It's not just for one teenage cricket player at the end of the year. No, it's for everyone. So the answer to the question, is this for me, is, oh yes, it is for you. Jesus is inviting everyone to leave the kingdoms of this earth and join the kingdom of heaven right now at the preaching of his word. Are you hearing it? Are you hearing it? Sometimes this can be a little bit like mom calling you to the dinner table, right? Some in the house may not hear it, even though the announcement's going out. Okay, I've been there. Maybe they don't have a need for God because of their riches or otherwise. Fair enough, we live in this beautiful, amazing country in the world. Maybe they don't know what it means to be poor or they don't bother to use their riches to help the poor or engage in their plight. The announcement falls on like a concrete path, Jesus teaches. That's like a seed that hits a path and a bird takes it away. It's got no chance of growing up because the soil isn't right. The people who don't hear it might be seeing Jesus as an addition to their kingdom as opposed to surrendering to his kingdom. Now, there may be some in the house tonight, and perhaps I guess they're not even listening, I don't know, (laughs) but I know for sure that many do hear it. You know, Wes has heard it, testimony. Their hearts are like good soil, the Bible teaches, like the soil of their ancestors' farm, good, blessed. These people may struggle in the world, they may be the lowest in the world, but Jesus says the last shall be first and the first shall be last. People who are forgotten in the eyes of the world, but let me tell you, if you feel like you're forgotten, if you feel like no one knows you, if you feel like you don't have family, well, Jesus, this announcement is well and truly for you tonight. And the people who hear this message and act on it, they hear the words of Jesus when he says, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. Heck, it's not near, it's like right in front of your face. (laughs) So, are you like our Galilean farmer? Sick of living for the kingdom of this world? Well, right now, you can make Jesus your king and learn through obedience to him what it means to be a part of his kingdom. Are you a lapsed follower of Jesus and the spirit of God is working in your heart? Or in fact, you're here tonight because you had this revelation before and you've come here tonight 
ready to do business with God, ready to open your heart to Him, well, right now, you can make Jesus your King and enjoy the mercy because He extends it to you tonight. Or, are you a disciple of Jesus and you're looking to learn and follow Him? Well, Jesus still desires that repentant heart and that turning towards Him. But he doesn't just want you to do that. He wants you to share this message with other people as well. He wants you to invite people to hear this message. Whether it's by you telling them, whether it's by you opening the Bible with them, or whether it's by you bringing them to church or bringing them to the Christmas event. I don't know what it is. But we've been singing this song, Build Your Church. And I believe he's looking to build it right now, even more than ever, right in this room at this time and right in this season of the world that we're in. I've got faith for that because it's been happening for 2,000 years and it's gonna continue. So I'm gonna invite the team to come up and I'm just going to invite each of us, every single one of us here tonight to pray a prayer of repentance. Pray a prayer of repentance. I don't know how the last few months have been for you. Many of you I haven't seen you know, face to face in that time. I'm sure that it's been challenging. I'm sure that it's been filled with a whole range of different things. But Jesus calls us just to come to him, to turn to him, to repent of the, the ways and the things that we do each and every day that take us away from him. But he calls us as well to share the kingdom with others. So I'm just gonna pray this prayer. And this is both for the church, and it's also maybe for those who would say that you're not part of the church, you're not a follower of Jesus, but you want to follow Jesus right now in this moment. So let's bow our heads, let's get into our own space, and I'm gonna pray. Lord Jesus, we see in your gospel this call for every single person, everyone, everywhere, to repent and Lord simply my heart right now is turning away from my desires away from the way I think I should live and I'm turning to face you Lord I acknowledge the sin that's in my life Lord I acknowledge the, the ways that I puff myself up and make myself look good I acknowledge the self-focus or the ignorance to things that I should know. I repent for the ways that I have not followed your, your way, Lord, your law. I repent from the ways that I've hurt others through my actions or have even been ignorant, Lord, of the actions of others and it's caused offense or bitterness to grow in me. Lord, all of that I just lay down right now because I know that those who are humble, Lord God, receive mercy and receive forgiveness. So Lord God, I pray that you would help your church tonight and those who are choosing to follow you for the first time tonight on the path of building your church, on the path of sharing your kingdom message with others because that's your will. That's as simple as it gets to turn non-Christians into totally committed followers of the Lord Jesus. That's what you're calling us to do. 
as both individuals and as a church here tonight. And so God, we just say that we are ready and we are willing. And help us, Lord, to do that, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna invite us to stand and we're gonna sing this again. But I just wanna say, if you prayed that prayer and it was extremely significant or important to you, or it was something that you just need to tell somebody and to talk it through and to find out more about Jesus. After the service, there's our lounge at the front. It's called our Next Steps Lounge, where people are there really wanting to help connect you with the Bible, connect you with our church, and just help you understand the way of Jesus. So please, don't leave here without talking to somebody, whether it's somebody else in the crowd or one of our pastors or one of our volunteers out of the Next Steps area. I really encourage you to do that. But for now, let's press in. Let's worship God.